Hello, and welcome back to the El Paso Beat. I'm your host, Richard Hanetta, and it's good to be back. I missed you guys. Did you miss me? I'm sorry about the last episode that you didn't really technically get. Uh, just to mention that real quick, I did put together a last episode, posted it, was thinking that I would unsubscribe myself from my platform hosting site thingy so that I didn't get charged again, but thought since I had already been charged for that month, I'd be able to have that last episode up, at least for a little while, and I was not paying attention while I was clicking through everything and canceling things, and then it canceled my subscription and deleted all of my content. And so all you guys got was an Instagram post. And to be fair, I was planning on staying away much, much, much longer. I still kind of feel like I am coming back too soon. But it also feels like there's been so much that's gone on that I wasn't around, you know, making content, producing content for, you know, to cover. And there's just so much ahead of us. And I haven't been sitting idle over the last year or so, the last handful of months since we last spoke. I'm still with the, with the El Paso Young Democrats. It's not where I wanted things to be. The I am still also with Wells Fargo and DoorDash. And so it's been a struggle to get back on top of things and DoorDash is starting to suck. <laughs> like really, really bad. People ask me if it's worth it. And once upon a time it might've been, but it's not worth it anymore, but I don't really have anything else to fill in the gaps right now. So it works, but the moment I find something and I am aggressively looking for something to replace both jobs, I am going to, and so, all that to say, yes, Young Dems is keeping me busy when I find the time to let it. And so, um, yeah, I've been, we were going to be at UTEP helping restart the College Dem chapter. We are aggressively trying to recruit new members and... We have the 2024 election cycle to look forward to, which includes a mayoral race. It includes the DA's race, a sheriff's race. Not to mention we have a Senate race, which has a pretty heated primary shaping up for it. It's going to be interesting. And then we, of course, have the presidential, which, granted, I don't intend to have Biden on or anything. But, you know, that will be keeping... Young Dems busy. We have the Texas Democratic Convention happening next year. And so there will be people here for that. And maybe there will be some coverage happening for that as well. You know, exciting times in the world. And I do like the sound of my voice. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I do want to still cover City Hall. I mean, I have kind of lost touch. I wasn't watching as obsessively over the last handful of months. I did watch the last City Council meeting uh, 
it is August 1st, so two weeks ago, I did watch that work session and meeting, and it was, like, super short. It was, like, six hours of meeting time total, and, of course, this week is the, the big meeting. This is the meeting where they're approving the next fiscal year's budget. They have committed to a no new tax revenue rate, which means they are not increasing taxes and if need be, they are adjusting the tax base to reflect, you know, the same amount of taxes charged, even if your home valuation goes up, which it should have it. Relatively speaking, they should have. Last time we were talking about home valuations on the beat, we did have the conversation with a representative from from CAD and they said that we were underestimating many of the homes in El Paso and that they were going to have to compensate for that and values were still going to just continue to rise and so yeah that it that all tracks but i am currently dealing with a dilemma in that i don't have a toy a video player because it's not technically an iPod, it's like just a generic MP4 player, but that's not the point. I don't have a toy on which to watch YouTube live videos. I can watch YouTube videos on a work computer that are not live streaming, and so I can watch the city council work session and meetings the day after they happen, which isn't the worst thing. I mean, that's not exactly even that far off from what I was doing beforehand. But the issue with what was my concern, my issue with what was going on with the beat beforehand was I was tied to this schedule of reporting on the city council meetings. So I wanted to watch the meetings as quickly as, as I could so that I could report on it as quickly as I could to get that episode out as quickly as possible so that it was timely, you know, and, and, and eventually, and if you were following with the show, you, you would see how like my, my episodes were coming out like closer and closer and closer to the next city council day, uh, instead of to the day that it was supposed to be covering. And you know, it's it's a it's a a timeline, a schedule, a deadline that I put on myself. I just, if I want to maintain the bandwidth for the show, I have to allow myself to not be that rigid with the scheduling. And so, I will continue my my habits of, of watching every city council work session and meeting. And I'll like flag things down and, and, and mention them as they come up. I will probably take some cue from like mainstream local media and whatever seems to be the hot topic. I will also comment on, or I might, I might try to dig a little bit deeper and be like, Hey, like this is stuff that isn't being covered. My concern with that is I don't, is, you know, again, is being timely. And so I, I'm going to be striking that balance. Really what I want this iteration of the El Paso beat to be more about is going to be more of those, those guest interview, um, conversations i 
you know, want to cover city council still, but I would much rather have city council representatives cycle through talking about the news of the day from their perspective and then also whatever's going on and whatever they're doing and yada, 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 rather than me reporting on what's going on in city council. I don't know. Things might change. Things might fluctuate. But that's where I'm at right now. I I, I feel like going into a very, what is going to be hectic primary season, um, the, the, the podcast was a really good way for people to vet candidates, to actually like hear them out on different things because I've seen it you know, now through several, through several cycles. And it's just like, you only get a handful of questions. It's the same handful of questions at the same forums, you know, and, and, you know, the podcast really gives candidates a chance to unpack things more. And, you know, and it also gives electeds a chance to unpack things more too. Like say, Rep Hernandez, who was a a rather frequent, not frequent, but a regular guest in the past iteration of the beat. And if you have been paying attention to local news in my absence, you will no doubt have heard about the gas card scandal that she has found herself in the middle of. To be fair, there would be another representative taking heat but she lost her election bid, and so she is no longer sitting in office, and so Rep. Hernandez is the one taking the heat currently. I have a lot of thoughts. I don't know about a lot, but I have thoughts about this whole gas cart thing. And I'm going to start preface by saying the the gentleman who filed the ethics complaint, George Zavala, is another guest of the previous iteration of The Beat, and is going to be a, a guest very soon, and we're going to talk about this whole thing from his perspective, and uh, I want to start by saying I take his complaint in good faith. You know, there are, I feel like there are folks who might say that in the grand scheme of things, is it that big of a deal? Are people blowing it out of proportion? And I, and I just want to say that, you know, George is one of those people who is really trying to, you know, advocate for, for the common person and hold authority accountable. And I respect that and I appreciate it. And I trust that, like, it's not some vendetta. It's not like, oh, you know, it's not sexist. It's not misogynist. You know, thing, different things have come out about where the attack is coming from. I don't give that any credit. I do give good faith trust that that the ethics complaint comes from a place of a resident of the district who has a real concern over what was uh, an abusive privilege. So, okay. There. We have that. Uh, 
I I feel like the damage that's been done to her reputation is enough. I have heard the rumors, maybe you guys have heard them too, that, you know, Rep Hernandez had intended to run for mayor. It's going to be an open seat. It's open season. And she's terming out. It makes sense. And it makes sense that this whole thing effectively kind of sinks that. I think that's fair. I don't see value in having a recall election for her right now. And I'll tell you why. She has like one year left. Now, I will say that I was recording right now, and I originally had this thought, but technically I had it wrong, and so I checked in something, corrected myself, and now that has reshaped everything. But even after all that back and forth that I just went through right now, behind the scenes, I am still at the same conclusion that we should not go through a recall election for her. Only because I don't think that is going to be an ideal situation for the best candidate for the people. The person who is more than likely going to be the best grassroots type for the person for the people candidate is probably not going to have the resources to run multiple races that way and I'm talking about running a special election race in which they would be running alongside the recall vote presumably because it's either from from what I could re, from what I researched I it, or from what I could find in my research it if there is a recall vote happening then there are people running to replace the person being recalled alongside that recall vote and so you have to vote yes for the recall and then you vote for someone that you know who's running for the replacement if it's not run that way and i don't see why it wouldn't be run that way the only other way it could be run is it's simply an election for the recall yes or no and then we would have to do a whole other election for the replacement person in which case i'm back to square one of it's not fiscally responsible we shouldn't do a recall election because that would force us to have a whole extra election between the march election and the november election when we're going to have her replaced in the november election anyway so in either of the two situations the the we're, we're looking at we're thinking about our next representative for district three and they would have to run two races the the recall election race and then the November general election race. And sure, if they somehow pull off a victory in a special special election race, which I don't have a whole lot of experience in, you know, calculating these kinds of elections, but, you know, I don't think that, you know, a grassroots, less money candidate is going to fare particularly extra well during a special election at this time versus a candidate who is going to be backed with all kinds of money. And we know that there will be one of those candidates. We know that Cassandra's replacement, corporate replacement, whoever it is, is waiting in the wings for whatever does happen with this whole seat.
And so, it, it does, to me, it doesn't feel strategically sound to open that up and make it easier for the money candidate, whoever they are, to take the seat. Her reputation is, is ta has taken a hit. I understand there is frustration within District 3. I would say take that frustration and turn it into organization and show up in your next district election and have robust conversations and debates with the candidates and don't fall for the flashy door hanger or mailer or whatever and like really do your research on who's running for this office and you know yeah i i, I would say that it is smarter to leave cassandra in the seat for the rest of her term and to turn all attention and focus towards her her termed out replacement her replacement after her she turns out i argue the same for rep molinar who although he is not uh within a year of terming out he isn't within a year of his first term uh he is up for re-election in 2024 i do feel that these allegations are uh were worth more substantial uh i don't know punishment i guess yeah then he got, I mean, he barely even got a slap on the wrist because a city representative, namely mine, Rep Salcido, decided not to join the rest of the council in admonishing him. I reached out to the office and I was told that she felt that it wasn't a severe enough punishment and that's why she did not sign off on it. That logic doesn't track with me, but here or there point is i also don't particularly agree with all of rep molinar's politics and so uh if i needed an excuse to give his seat an open consideration well i've got it there it is um and i happen to know that there are some people who are looking at that seat and so it's going to be something to keep an eye on so yeah um, aside from seats three and four, we also have seat seven, Rep. Uh, Henry Rivera's terming out. And if I was a betting man, I kind of am. I would wager a small bet, but I'd still wager that the representative's wife, former Democratic County Chair Dora Oaxaca, will be running to replace him. And then we also have... Mayor Pro Teminello also terms out. And so she will be uh, opening up her seat for District 2. So, so Districts 2, 3, 4, and 7 are going to be up for election in 2027. Are going to be up for election in 2024. So a lot to cover, a lot to look out for. And uh, I hope you stick around. I hope you join me for the conversations. I hope you send me your questions and your feedback. And yeah, let's go on some adventures together. It should be fun. I'm excited. I'm happy to be back. I'm 
a little nervous because I am worried about, you know, balancing everything and making sure that I'm attentive, but I feel good. I have already our first conversation, and that is with Democratic County Chair Michael Apodaca. We had a conversation about the Senate race for the general, more for the general, not the the primary, because he can't be biased or anything like that. But we do talk a bit about uh, Beto's previous run in 2018 and how that influences the run now and how the candidate, whoever the nominee is, can build upon that. We talk about some local stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a good, fun talk. I have a few other conversations lined up that I'm looking at. And then candidates, candidates, candidates. I mean, like I said, there are several sheriff's candidates and uh, DA candidates who have already announced. And then the filing starts in September. And so once that starts, I mean, even more candidates are going to be coming out. And so those conversations are going to start happening and I will start publishing them. And so stick around. I hope you do. And if you're going to be sticking around, do send me your feedback. The email still works, the El Paso Beat at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram and threads, because I'm on threads too, at the El Paso Beat. I'm on Facebook. I don't think I'm going to be super active on it. I think one day I'll eventually get to TikTok. It's probably going to happen, especially when I really start having all these conversations. They make for good clips, so... And I'll basically be making reels anyway, so I might as well throw them onto TikTok too, right? Right? All right. Anyway, send me your feedback. Send me your questions. Who would you like me to speak to? Which race are you paying most attention to? What do you feel about uh, Rep. Hernandez and Rep. Molina? Should we have recall elections for it? Screw it. Recall them. Go through it. Money, financial concerns be damned. It is about the moral obligations we have about holding our representatives to the highest standard. Hey, that's not sarcasm. I totally respect that point. I don't entirely think we should... I agree with it, but I, I, it, it's very valid. You know, folks who believe that these, that these elected representatives have to represent something higher than, than just the, the average person. Look, I get it. I also just think that we need to be a little more realistic about how much things cost and what we're actually doing and, you know, and, you know, and send me your feedback. I want to know what you think about it and we can talk about it a little bit more. Of course, I am going to be having uh, George Zavala on. Who knows? Maybe Rep Hernandez is going to want to come on. I doubt she wants to talk about this anymore, but who knows? We'll see. And look forward to that next episode. That's going to be dropping very soon. Um, so keep an eye out. This podcast is produced by Richard Hineta, features music by Enrique Ponce, and we'll see you on the next episode.